What's this world coming to? So I gotta ask you. Yes. Are you tired of all this winning yet? No. <laughs> you know. Winning! <laughs> your boy Donnie had this secret meeting we didn't, we we're just finding out about. Right? With Putin? It really wasn't secret. Now, I'm going to defend Trump here for a second, okay? Just bear with me, okay? Mm -hmm. They're at this G20. They've got right. all these other leaders around. The only way it was secret is because there was no press involved, and the only interpreter there and the only person representing the U.S. was Donald Trump, so he's <laughs> the only one that knows what happened. And this is where I'm going to defend him a little bit. Just bear with me, okay? Now, I can see Donald Trump as being a big schmoozer, right? I'm kind of imagining if he's in a room full of people that he wants to impress, he's one of those people in social situations, he's going to work the room. You know what that's like. Yeah. He goes, goes around glad-handing, shaking hands, and making niceties with people that he doesn't know because he wants them to like him because that's his personality. I mean, I totally get that. But the fact that he spent over an hour at Putin's table, I mean, come on. And then that was a continuation of a two and a half hour meeting from earlier. So he spent most of his day just talking to Putin. And the sad truth is none of us know what they were talking about. But we can certainly imagine. You know, I'm thinking about Charlie Sheen right now. He really hasn't had any wins to speak of other than, in the words of Hugh Hewitt, Gorsic, Gorsic, Gorsic. Maybe Trump needs to drink some of that Charlie Sheen tiger's blood. What do you think? Well, first of all, you're missing a big point. They didn't tell us about this meeting. If it was just so casual and nothing to it, why didn't they talk about it? There's a reason for that that we don't know about yet. And like you said, there is nobody there to find out. Everybody that I've heard talk that said that this is terrible for American governance, that you have to have an advisor there or a national intelligence person with them. You just can't let him go on but his. I'm going to defend Trump again because he flies by the seat of his pants. This is the most unprofessional, idiotic person, constant berating of people, his stupid tweets. It's continued after he's become president. The guy is a total buffoon so and he's consistent they, with his personality so why didn't they say you know he met him for another hour and they discussed things why the secrecy because it looks bad and he knows it looks bad well, i have a feeling the conversation went something like this he goes over to him and says hey putin baby hey vlad hey bo <laughs> do that again i like that <laughs> hey vlad hey putin hey boobala here's what i want you know that p tape tell you what you give me back that P-tape, you take Latvia. I won't say a thing. You can take Latvia. <laughs> and tell you what, I'll throw in Mississippi. We won't even mind. <laughs> Only one <laughs> caveat if we throw in Mississippi. You must be able to spell Mississippi right here and right now. That's what he talked about, that P-tape. What's it going to take to get that P-tape? <laughs> right? You know that's what they talked about. Yeah, well... Oh, man. And you should see that Russian translator. She's got the eyes of an evil person. She's probably a KGB person, too. I think the real fire, and there's a lots of smoke surrounding Donald Trump himself, but the real fire going on right now is little Don Don. <coughs> you know, Kennedy had a little John John, and Trump has a little Don Don. <laughs> yeah. They had more people now in this. More you people. Know I mean. More, you know who's there this time? They just found out? Ilya Kuryakin. The man from UNCLE. That's right. I have another question to ask you. Get off this Trump just for a second. This is the height of festival 
you know, music festivals, middle of summer, right? The way you say festival is a little gay, to be honest with you. Not that there's anything wrong What's with wrong that. wrong with it? How do you say festival? Not festival. It's, <laughs> it's fest- festival. A, a fabulous festival. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is the heart of concert season. And did young, even younger Thomas, ever go to a big festival? Or well, a you rock? really are changing the subject here. <laughs> I'm just curious. Here's did the you- deal. I spent 14 years in the music industry. I'm talking about young Thomas. Young, young Thomas. Like you're 19, 20 years old and, and some big rock concert. Did you ever go to one? Can you remember? Of course, I can it, remember. <laughs> not 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 a station one, but like one where you're like, you know, 30, 40,000 people. I'll be totally honest with you. It's not just the record thing. You know, I was going to say I spent 14 years in the music industry right. and I hated covering the concerts. I used to have to go backstage and do meet and greets with right. artists and they're all ego trippers. And I, I just hated working with them. But, you know, also... That's back in the days when everybody smoked. I hate the cigarette smoke. I just, I hated the venues. Even when I was 19, I hated all the stinkiness of it all and all the people gathered together. And crap. You were an old soul, weren't you? Hold on a second. Boy, my my landline just rings all day with stupid solicitors. Did you hear what I just did? I just slammed down the phone. It's so annoying, I swear. I hate to tell you, but that wasn't cigarette smoke you were smelling (laughs) if you were going to a concert. I just know when I got home, I smelled like an ashtray, and my ears would ring for days, and I hated it. And I still hate concerts. I hated it when I was 19, and now that I'm just slightly older than that, I still hate it. So you you and Karen never went to like a big outdoor concert with thousands of Yeah, of course. We've seen the Eagles. We've seen Paul McCartney. When I was just a very young kid, you know, I won a trip off my local radio station to see the Beatles when I was 12 years old. Right. And But I'm uh, talking about outdoor festivals with thousands of people and you camped out and you did that. Oh, oh that. Yes, that. Everybody went to a concert with the... Oh, the, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, I never, never did anything like that. How about you? Do you know your boy? I'm very proud of this, although if I had to do it over again, I would never do it. I just looked this up before I got on the air with you to make sure I was going to say this right. I went, to this day, it's still the largest gathering of Americans ever in one place. Do you know what that was? No. Do you remember in 1973, a little thing called Watkins Glen? Sure, in New York, right? Yes. There's only three bands. That was bigger than Woodstock? Woodstock was 300,000. To this day, there were 600,000 people at Watkins Glen. They say there's never a gathering of more Americans at one spot. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure there's well, been Well, I, I disagree with that. Now, I just thought of something. What? It wasn't like a multi-day festival, but it was a huge gathering. 750,000 people on the mall in Washington, D.C. in 1985. I was there. We talked right, about a, that. It's a concert. But anyway, there was only three bands to this thing. The band played first, followed by The Grateful Dead, and the final band was the Allman Brothers. And then when it was all over, they all came out and did three songs to jam. But what made this one thing so horrible <laughs> was we got there and we must have been two miles from the stage. That's how far we were. They had speakers everywhere, but we couldn't see a damn thing. But then it rained after the band played. And so everybody had to stand up. So me and my two buddies that I went with, we snaked our way up within about maybe 50 yards from the stage because everybody was standing now. But now you couldn't sit down because it was mud for the rest of the show. Not only that, 
You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't eat. You couldn't drink. You were stuck because you were just, you know, you were crammed in like an elevator with 50 people in it. That's what it was like for the next four or five hours. And you loved it. And, and I remember one point my friend Billy turns to me and says, I think somebody's pissing on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas, it was terrible. I had nightmares about that. Was somebody peeing on his leg? I, who knows? You couldn't turn around to see. That's how crowded maybe it was. Maybe Trump was there. <laughs> and maybe that's where he got his pee fetish. Who knows? Uh, I remember the first thing I saw, like there were so many cars going there that people just pull, started pulling over on Friday afternoon to walk because we thought we were close because everybody was getting out of their car to park. So we just ditched our car and started walking. Found out that we were like five miles still. And when I woke up the next morning, the first thing I saw was a guy with a beard, completely naked, crawling on all fours with mud and blood all over him. Uh. <laughs> Probably a bad acid trip. So anyway, I just had to throw that in because this was like, it's the anniversary coming up in a couple of days. And uh, I was there, baby. So every year at this time, you think about that. Watkins no, Glen. Retro fun with a capital F-U. <laughs> There's an op-ed in the New York Times today by Governor John Kasich, our fine governor here in Ohio, who has a 57% approval rating. Right, but no personality to, to win a presidency. But he's got real solutions. You I know, know he does. He's a, I, believe me, he would have been my choice if I had to pick a Republican. But he just came off as like a kind of a, you know, like Elmer, Elmer, I don't know. He's a Elmer great Fudd? Guy. Yeah. He just doesn't have that, you know, what it takes in this day and age. I hate to say it. You got to have something. On one hand, you had Obama. Maybe he needs to do a reality show. He needs, I don't know, he needs some kind of edge to him. He doesn't have an edge to him. That's what he needs. I hate to say it. Don't you think by the time Trump leaves office that we're going to be sick of people with stupidity and the bombastic part of right. the personality and the reality show part? Don't you think it might be time for somebody really sort of do, 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 do? You're right. That's exactly what Americans do. We had Bush took us to war, so we got Obama. Nuanced and thoughtful. And then after eight years of him, he went the other way to some flamethrower who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And now you're right. After eight years, well, I don't, it's not going to be eight years. After four years of... How about nine months? <laughs> I hope. From your lips to God's ears, baby. Come on, Jesus. Come down and tell us something. Mueller.